Rocky in the tote bag is coming right now because uh, it's Radio Free Tote Bag, and I'm Arthur. And I'm tired of it. And this week, I just want to jump right in because I'm very excited to say that we have Mariam and Rowan from Anarcho Agony Ants with us. Mariam and Rowan, how are you? Hello. Not too bad. Okay. <laughs> it's our first outing to be doing this with other people, so we're a bit nervous. Yeah, it's usually just the two of us. We always deny requests for guest stars on our show, but... <laughs> yeah, you guys are so special. <laughs> we love guests, and we're, we're so happy to have you with us. Fabulous. Let's do this. This is, this is great, you know. Two uh, agony aunts, two agony uncles across the <laughs> ocean. Because we're in London, actually. Um, so, yeah, sorry if we're going to be, like, really... I know, cynical. <laughs> Cold. <laughs> and it works for us. We're, we're, we're recording across Skype and everybody's in different time zones. So I have woken up at about nine. Uh, I had horrible news that I had no mugs this morning that were clean. So I am drinking red wine out of a solo cup, which I think, again, I don't know. I think that's a step below the mug, unfortunately. It certainly is. It is, it is not. It's a disposable container for wine. That's too. That's too bad. I'm so sorry. If you're, if you're gonna if you're gonna drink at 9 a.m. though, I feel like this. I feel like this is fitting. And it's Sunday. I don't know. Maybe I'll go to the park or something after this. We'll figure it out. <laughs> that is appropriate. Uh, so uh, the name of your program is Anarcho Agony Ants, and uh, I don't know what the hell an agony ant is because I'm American. Could you could you explain that concept to us? So an agony ant is. In, like, uh, British magazines and newspapers, you'll have an advice column, and it'll be like, my relationship, blah, 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 and they'll um, answer it, and the person who does that is normally called an agony aunt, and that's just a kind yeah. of a common, yeah, it's a thing that you get in magazines and newspapers in the UK. Yeah, so I that... guess there are a lot of time, they're not experts, you know, they're just sort of people just like everyone else, and we don't pretend to be experts, we're usually just like, you know, take the mick out of ourselves, and we kind of talk about our own experiences, so we figured... That's a nice way to frame it. And we're both anarchists, so... Well, of different strain. So we figured we'll add that there. And I'm soon to be an aunt. Oh, yes! Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm soon to be an aunt. <laughs> All right, it was a lot of hard work. <laughs> I'll say I, I had to look that up, too, because I hadn't heard that term either. We, uh, Arthur, what, do you, what, are the, what would you call that here? It's like a Dear Abby column is kind of our exactly. equivalent? Yes, yes, we have yeah. that. Yeah, they're often called Dear Someone in the UK as well, but the... the the job title is Agony Ant. I like that. I like that. Don't worry, we were equally as confused about your title as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you real quick, we've, we've described this. Somebody actually asked in the question box uh, once what was up with the name. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a mixed, mixed thing. Uh, the playlists I always made as a kid and until now were always Radio Free Donovan uh, off of that Radio Free Europe song from uh, R.E.M., and then we're coming up for the name of the show, and I was like, oh, like on uh, public radio in the States, a lot of times, like for promotions, they'll give you like a free tote bag if you, you know, make a donation to uh, NPR or something. So I was like, okay, radio, radio free tote bag. I don't think that's been used before. I hopefully, it's confusing enough that it sticks in people's, uh, in people's memory. I don't know how successful that is, but that's the, that's the thought at least. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> well, over We're a year. At, yeah, a year and a half now. Do you give away free tote bags? We're getting that's there. The mer yeah, that's We're the, the, the merch item that we need to create 
is a tote bag with a picture of us in the tote bag on the tote bag. I think that would be that'd be very nice. Meta. Well, so I got to ask you guys on your show how how long have you been uh, how long you've been doing it and how long did you or how did you get into doing the YouTube show? Right. Um, do you want to cover the beginnings and I'll talk now? Uh, well, we started doing it in what January? Yes. Um, and it started because we were talking about um, dating and how often it feels like by dating maybe like insecure people or something it's kind of like it was a joke but like the idea of like providing a service and so our original name was nhs like providing nhs for lefties because we were like helping like insecure people get confidence you know and like learn how to date and such and such nhs is national health service which is the free healthcare uh, system in the uk that you do not have (laughs) yeah so we figured don't remind us so we're just like a service (laughs) but um uh yeah, so basically what we realized is that a lot of like alt-right people uh, are now listening to relationship advice from people like Jordan Peterson and stuff like yeah. that. And we as the left don't necessarily have a response to that. And we figured we as lefties with hopefully good politics uh, can, can give a bit of an alternative to that. And we've done, what, nine episodes this far? And it's kind of in the last couple of episodes have really blown up. We like trended on BreadTube and stuff like that. So... Like we got like thousands of views on our last couple of videos, and yeah, it's been it's been really really fun. Yeah, it was just kind of a yeah DIY like experiment that has actually been successful, and in the response we've got, it shows that people really do need and appreciate it, which has been lovely. Yeah, and people send in us our que- like questions, and uh, yeah, we just like our question box is like bursting. It's like way too many for us to even deal with these days. Sometimes you know we're gonna have to do something about that, but it does seem like we touched some sort of raw nerve because a lot of like. Uh, people on radical left don't necessarily have others like other people to talk to about this stuff. So that's why it seems like what you're doing is super cool. Yes. Also, because some people might prefer to hear it from men, because yes. like often like it's the men who are stereotypically like emotionally unavailable or blah blah. So it's, sure. I think it's really cool that you're taking that into your own hands. Oh, thanks. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you know if men can teach men, you know, about good sexual politics, then that's fucking fantastic yeah. because a lot of the time we are on the receiving end of bad sexual politics so um yeah what you guys are doing is really flipping important so thank you so much wow. we appreciate that because we had a we had a similar thought with making this where i feel like a lot of like the the men relationship online when it's not somebody like fucking peterson although he's kind of in the same wheelhouse but there's that whole bullshit pickup artist culture right and it's not people telling you like how to have a functioning relationship or like how to respect your partner it's like how do you acquire women as if they're like you know some sort of object that you're supposed you can can get and then you get them and that's how that works and i I don't know i see that shit all over reddit i've seen that a lot all over youtube and 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 that's frustrating so I don't know. I really appreciate that you're saying that you think we're doing well on that because, uh, yeah, that's what we're trying for. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, there was this one Sunday a couple of weeks back. I think after you guys first um, uh, got in touch, I played Tropical, the latest Tropical, all day. And I was just like binge listening to a whole of your podcast. So, oh, yeah. Man. We, we love it. I was also seeing, and Rowan, you were talking about uh, the set design. I, this is kind of kind of specific, but what what brought you guys to record an episode in a kiddie pool in your front in your front lawn? Uh, I guess we. Well, I mean, there's a privilege in the fact that we do just have a garden. We live together, so 
and it was a very like it was a fairly warm day and we, you know we've been inside for ages and we were able to just grab all of our equipment outside we got way too pissed that's the episode where i'm like by far the most toasted and so it's like incon- it, it does it is at times quite incoherent but we also filled it with like warm water mm. so it was really lovely but like we used to um have to go to different locations because the wi-fi here isn't great and we, when we were live streaming them but since we stopped live streaming and started just filming it gives us more freedom and flexibility to do more interesting locations and yeah that's it rad. took off. That's awesome. What, of the content. One other kind of <laughs> specific question there. Uh, another one of your guys, um, Mariam, I think it was the the one you were discussing, um, that, that notebook that you had, I think it was middle school or high school, and uh, um, like a kind of relationship with a woman and that you guys were kind of found out and it was sounded really fucking traumatizing and really terrible, frankly. Um, but you, I felt like I was hearing a... Uh, like an audience or something in the background? Like I heard people, did you guys like have people sitting there watching you guys record? I was trying to figure that out. Do you usually record like with other people there besides you? Totally. So right. Okay. I'm going to explain. So I, we've only done nine episodes. The first four, I want to say, we just, we live, we live streamed uh, from like a social center in London. Uh, so that's why the quality is pretty damn rubbish. And then the next couple we did as a live perform, well, live shows uh, as part of one was London Anarchist Festival, and then the other one was Anti University, which is also like a, I suppose, situationist attempt at self teaching. So it was in this like beautiful garden, uh, like roof garden, central London. And yeah, we had a crowd of like forty people. Like it was really, really crowded. And it was just in this tiny little garden. Um, which, which was, yeah, very odd to do it in front of live audience. <laughs> the last two we just did at home. Um, so, yeah, those were two one-offs where we had audiences. But uh, hopefully, we'll, yeah, we're definitely going to be doing more live shows, I think, uh, next season. Last question, just kind of like on the show in general. Um, had you guys done any performance-type work before? Like, I don't know, comedy or something like that? Because I'm just, I'm surprised you guys just straight up like recorded in front of a group of people like a few episodes in. I feel like I'd be, I'd be kind of anxious about that. The booze helps. No, but Rowan. I mean, we, well, we were super anxious, <laughs> which is, yeah, why we drink and like why we always seem nervous at the beginning and chill by the end. Like it was, but it's like one of those things that's really special about the show and about our connection is that once it starts, it is like the audience isn't there and we are just talking to each other. And that's really lovely. Um. In terms of performance experience, I was a minorly successful stand-up comedian in Austria for a couple of years. And I guess, I mean... Yeah, you should definitely check it out. Uh, Tolerant Alice is a fantastic uh, comedy duo, sort of taking the mech out of the left, and uh, they're just flipping brilliant. So that's that's Rowan. <laughs> but that's ended. <laughs> yeah. uh, and myself, I, I used to be, oh my god, I used to be in a ska punk band when I was a teenager. Fuck but, yes. So I guess that helped. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I was a singer there, uh, but then I know I do just some like guest lecturing, and I also have like my little YouTube show as well. So being in front of like audience or a camera is like something that I'm like fairly okay with at this point. That's cool as hell. I did see that too. I was trying to find you guys on Instagram since I I, I don't get notifications for Twitter. We were organizing on there in the beginning. I'm really bad at Twitter, but I saw the only thing I found was uh, you, yeah, giving some sort of guest lecture, and I was like, oh, okay, fucking rad wow i've never seen this because i don't have an instagram account so i've never even seen me being on instagram at all so that's somebody somebody had had hashtagged your name it looked like it was from a conference or something along those lines i was just i was just (laughs) curious (laughs) 
Oké. Okay. Nou ja, mijn Twitter gaal. Follow me on Twitter, at Marianne Dud. En voor doing both Twitter plugs en at Rowan Talks to follow Rowan. I know you guys post uh, updates on new episodes as well as some pretty fucking funny tweets from what I've seen. Fabulous, thank you. All right, before we get into uh, into our relationship questions that we have this week, uh, we got to ask you a traditional guest question uh, to both of you, which is, what, what is your worst dating or relationship experience? As in, terrible date. So do you want, like, traumatizing or do you want funny? <laughs> funny is better, I think. But okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. To... You do have to be careful when you ask this, actually, <laughs> because, like, for instance, I knew that that question was coming up because I listened to your previous episodes. But for other people, it could be like quite triggering, I imagine. Like remembering, oh, you know, I've been assaulted or whatnot, you know. So like that's, that is a bit of a consideration. That yeah, that is, that is something we've discussed. But uh, I think like if it's taken in, in the spirit of let's share something sort of embarrassing or maybe like show somebody in a bad light but isn't like a total bummer, then I think yeah. it's, I think it's good. So we discussed that too, sure. especially especially for women guests. It's like, you know, if you're a guy, I feel like your your worst relationship experience, obviously not always, but on averages, tends to be more. I had a bad time on the state. Where for women, you know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. tends to be much more of a serious, fucking intense thing. Sorry, you're here and get ice cream van drive past. This is great. <laughs> Welcome to London. <laughs> That's awesome. Your ice cream song is different than ours, too. So oh, I don't know. Maybe well, ours is different regionally. Like, around here, it's Turkey in the Straw, but, like, up north, it's, like, some, like, calliope music. It's weird. <laughs> All right. Ice cream right, trucks okay, aside, so back what to... you got? <laughs> yeah, back to the question. I, I know I had to kind of think quite a lot about this because, uh, yeah, a lot of it can be quite privates and I mean, I've had experiences definitely where it's just like um you know step with someone and then turns out they're like uh incredibly right wing uh hey. so you know sort of Tories and that but what can I do they're beautiful city boys and I'm well into city boys so <laughs> it's impossible they're like you know rich and handsome and muscly and so then you find out yeah they're huge capitalists so that's always an issue yeah, it's like when I slept with a property developer oh, oh, yeah. oh no. and I'm literally like a housing activist in my spare time yeah. <laughs> I had I had like I guess a Zionist you know yeah. so someone like really really Ooh. like anti-Palestine so that always sucks well, yeah, no, my, my worst one, I think that's kind of one that, I guess, kind of straight comes into my head when I think about it. Um, great date. Um, and then, you know, we're, it's already action time. All good. He's, like, huge, which is, like, fun. But I don't really understand. What a fucking amateur. He had, like, no lube on him. Um, oh. Which was, like, fun, oh. like, fun, fun. At least, and then he goes, like, are you on your period? I'm like, No. And I lost about a half pint of blood Jesus. on my way to the shower. Oof. And, like, in the shower. He must have, like, I don't know, maybe, like, I don't know, maybe poked some sort of fibroid or something. And it, like, it was, I was bleeding for, like, good 40 minutes to the, forward, like, to the point where, like, should we go to the hospital? Because this is, like, wow. issues. And now it kind of sounds funny, but, like, at the time it really wasn't. And also oh, he sure. wasn't, like, great about it, actually. Like, he was perfect up until that point. To be fair, I think I, like, ruined, like... His sheets, his carpet, his towels, and like everything. But um, yeah, he wasn't great about it, and that kind of sucked. Wow. So like, if you're rolling, <laughs> if you're rolling with a bat like that, you should probably keep lube on you so you don't rupture some shit. 
Seriously. <laughs> yeah, you would have thought, right? I mean, maybe he's into that or something. I don't know, just like <laughs> carrying girls apart or something. But That's yeah, it, it. Yeah, it was quite. It was quite intense. I was like bleeding for like a couple of days afterwards as well. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Sorry if it's like proper <laughs> graphic. No, no, it's perfect. <laughs> Rowan, top it. Let's see it. Oh, um, okay. Okay, I went through a bunch of different ones in my head before settling on this one, which I forgot about when I was talking to you earlier. Okay, that's This go. is not that one. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was this time I was on a date with a person, and uh, the, the, the short version of the story is I, I got blood poisoning. The long oh, version yeah. of the story is um, don't finger someone when you've got an open wound on your hand. So basically, basically I was cycling back to this person's house for a hookup and we were, I was on the back of their bike and we fell over because we were drunk and we, I do not know how to go on the back of someone's bike and I cut my hand and it was like, whatever, fine. So I get back there and, you know, I wash out my hand. I'm not a complete grebo and it's like, okay, it looks fine, whatever. And so, like, we're starting having sex, and it's terrible. The sex is just terrible. I didn't want to have sex with that person again. It was just, like, this is clearly a one-night stand that's going nowhere. And I went home feeling, like, I went home being like, oh, yeah, you know, I cut my hand. I should probably look at it. They asked me for breakfast. I was like, nah. I went home, and then later the day, I'm like, huh, I've got these red lines on my arm. And my whole childhood, my dad always said to me, every time I cut myself, look at your arms, red lines, you have blood poisoning. I would roll my eyes and be like, sure, dad, whatever. And I was like, huh, I think I've got blood poisoning. I showed my friend and she was like, yeah, whatever. And then later on in the day, the, uh, the lines were further down my arm and like up to my elbow. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I got blood poisoning. And we Googled it and yep, yeah, I had to go get like a tetanus jab. Wow. Jesus. <laughs> but and I never we... spoke to that person again. I bumped into them again like six months later and they're like, hey, Rowan, should we talk about the fact that like we never spoke again? And I was like, yeah, sorry, I got blood poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about the fact that you poisoned my blood? <laughs> With your fluids. <laughs> Holy fuck. Well, damn. Those are definitely the most, uh, like, physically bloody, gory responses we have had. I think, uh, what else we got on bodily don't fluids? Don't ask the agony aunt. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting, putting the agony in there. I think the only bodily fluids one we got was uh, uh, a friend of ours was dating a guy in college, and there was a, a big stain on the wall next to her. They were living in a basement on a mattress, and she kept wondering what the stain was, and eventually saw him blow his nose and wipe it where the stain was, oh, shut and up. realized oh, realized they had been sleeping next to the snot bucket on the wall for like months, and uh, yeah, so that one that one ended. Ugh. Yeah, go on. Oh my god! For anybody wondering, no, that's to be fair, that's worse to me than like whatever we were watching. <laughs> She did. She did say they broke up shortly after. So there's a happy end to that no story. No shit. <laughs> shortly after, not that exact moment. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm judging a friend. <laughs> oh, and you just think about it. Good sex versus uses his wool as a fucking oh. snot rag. Hey, you know what? It's environmentally friendly. It's very, very important. <laughs> no tissues are being wasted. No paper. Just concrete wall. Good point. Yeah. No carbon footprint. Plenty of mucus <laughs> footprint. And also, you know, like. I bet there is like a fetish for everything. I bet there they could have yeah, they could totally find no that but like I, I'm sure there are like probably Facebook groups for this or something. And they could probably find a partner that also equally does the same. They could have like a group sesh on that. 
But um, no, yeah, do a doggy guess... style while licking the wall. Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh yes! <laughs> oh yeah! I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell her, uh, Brooke, that we uh, we mentioned this on this episode in-, in your comment. I'll just send her a little clip of that. I think she'll get a fucking kick out of that, That's or be uh, or be emotionally scarred by that thought because Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, Rowan. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Well, good. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for your uh, for your responses on that. Are we Are we ready to get into some relationship questions? Let's do this. We have Hell we yeah. have quadruple expertise here. Let's uh, let's fucking go. Arthur, you want to get this first one? Here it come. I, 30M, a married man, went to a strip club and spent more than I should have. Now I feel like trash. I'm a married man. We've been together three years. I went without my wife to a female, in parenthesis, lesbian, married, friend's birthday party, who suggested the whole party go to a strip club. We all did. So at the door, I bitched out and walked off. As I was walking to my car, I texted my wife about it. I honestly didn't know how comfortable I was, and I didn't like the idea I'd be off doing that with friends while she was at home. But surprisingly, she told me it wouldn't be bad if I it wouldn't be bad to go if I didn't quote touch the merchandise and didn't spend Oof. too much. I feel like I bowed to peer pressure and went. I guess I didn't want to feel like I was missing out as I have never been to one. After a couple hours there and about $100, uh, around twice what I wanted to spend, I honestly felt like shit. My wife was basically home the whole time. I got totally swept up in it. I got taken for cash. I wasn't super all right with spending. I took in the standard stripper stuff, no touching, no private stuff, but I feel like I cheated in a way too. I'm not sure what I'm asking really. I think I should feel stupid and like an ass for this. That seems reasonable to me, though it's going to suck to work through. I think it's a moment where I realized I had a problem when it comes to spending money and getting carried away. I want to get a sense of how others feel in their relationship after this. If you were my wife, how would you feel? If you were me, how would you feel? TLDR, married guy got swept up with friends in a strip club and spent more money slash time than he wanted to. Now he feels like his relationship and wife suffered. And that was posted by Magical Cracker. Right. Uh, guys, do you want to go first? I think this is this is an interesting one to me. Uh, because, like, at least in American culture, th- there's such a thing of, like, strip clubs or, like a, like, a bachelor party thing. And, like, if you go to a strip club, like, with a bachelor party, I know many people are married do that. Like, that's culturally acceptable. But also, I think a lot of people would be, like, uncomfortable with this if their partner if their partner did this. Particularly, and then you get into things like, well, what are you spending money or not? Or, like, are you getting lap dances or not? Like, is there a certain line there? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I feel I, I, it, it totally depends on uh, on his wife here and, like, what she's comfortable with. And I think... I don't know. The fact that he's feeling uncomfortable about it makes me feel like his his wife would probably have a problem with this. Like I feel like you know that's where his his sense of anxiety here is coming from. Um, but but again, I don't know. It's it's that's like a, a normal thing for uh, bachelor parties and that sort of thing here. So I don't. I think that's going to come down to like <clears throat> just different per, different people's comfortableness levels, and uh, 
I don't know, I feel like if he was this worried about this and all this, he should just bring it up with his wife and explain the situation to her. I, I don't think it's ultimately that big of a deal. But my broader question is just, like, is there a line with this where, uh, where you should be cool with it or not in general? That's that's a really hard one to navigate. Like, um, I I've been to two strip clubs in my life, and uh, both times I spent more money than I should have because that's what they're there for. You know what I mean? It's it's a it's a situation that is designed to uh, separate you from your cash, um, which you know it's it's not hard to do. There are people who are willing to be naked near you for money, and you just go okay. Here's well, here's all the money, um, and both times I went, uh, the main uh, uh, sort of agony in the in in the relationship uh, with my partner was the money. She was always like, "How much did you spend?" Jesus Christ. Um, so I think for some people, uh, it's going to be about the irresponsibility of it and about the kind of the bacchanal nature, and for some people, it's going to be about. Uh, the sexual uh, tension there. I feel that. Rowan, you've actually been... I think I'm it's not okay. telling my strip club story. You don't have to tell the strip club story, <laughs> but you've actually been to one, so, you know. But... I would say that he is, like, projecting his own feelings of guilt and stuff onto his wife. Like, mm. he's... She said she was okay with it. Either take her on face value, or if you don't think she's telling the truth, then don't fucking go. But, like, yeah, talk to your wife. I, like, I have nothing against going to strip clubs. I mean, as there is in the UK and there is very prominently in the, U, um, in the US as well, a, like, sex work, like, unionization movement where it's, like, oriented around empowering women in those industries and making sure they have, like, job rights and stuff. So mm-hmm. I feel like the phrase of, like, touch the merchandise is super fucking gross. Yes. But in general, like, the idea of going to strip clubs isn't inherently gross. If you feel gross about it, that's fine. But, yeah, I feel like he's projecting his feelings onto his wife and speaking for her and saying that she's not telling him the truth, which speaks to me more of a not great relationship dynamic where they're either not speaking honestly with each other or not thinking they are rather than about the strip club itself. Yeah, for sure. As in like, uh, it's interesting to me that they, um, you know, weren't going to go to this place, even to the point where, yeah, they left. But then once they got the permission, they did just like, you know, spend hundred pounds straight away. And it, well, hundred dollars, sorry. And it does seem to me like, look, if you're really not into something, you probably wouldn't do that. But clearly they mm. just got the permission and then went like all wild, you know, which is kind of tells me a bit, a bit that like there was clearly a desire that that is definitely underplayed in this question, I think. Another thing I would say, I honestly don't give a shit whether it was a strip club or not. Like, I would just be annoyed that especially if $100 is a big amount of money for you, that that just got wasted on something. Like, so for me, I would just, especially if it's like a, you know, it's a marriage, so you probably have a common wallet. And now there's like a $100 missing that didn't really, you know, couldn't, didn't necessarily have to be spent. So I would separate like the money bit uh, from the actual exercise of going to a strip club. I really don't understand why is that big of a deal. You went there because of, you know, there was a birthday party. It's not like you go on the regs. Um, Yeah. And also like we spend, you know, we spend money on different desires all the time. And so, I don't know, I just really don't think it's that big of a deal. And the fact that they're talking about this on Reddit means that, you know, they seem to have their like, 
relationship politics on point as is, but they should just have a chat with the wife being like, hey, kind of feel shitty about us. What are your thoughts? I just, yeah, it doesn't seem to leave my head what's going on. Yeah, the fact that he says, if you're my wife, how would you feel? Like, not fucking relevant. Yeah, I'm not your true. wife. Yeah. Like, how does your wife feel? <laughs> fucking ask Yeah, her. yeah, literally. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, th- I think he's looking for kind of like a society societally acceptable answer here. Like, what what is the norm? And that's kind of what I was saying Or like a validation, that, like, right? Exactly. Or but he wants to, he wants, like, the, the norm is in, like, okay, what does society say is cool about that? Whereas, as we've been saying, like, yeah, it, that is very dependent on your partner, and you need to just talk to her about it. And, yeah. I, and, yeah. and again, she gave him the okay. If he feels uncomfortable about it, I, I'm, I'm with you guys. I think just bring it up with her. You know, let her know that you, this amount of money you spent, because also hiding the amount of money you spent is obviously not the answer here. That, that pushes it into actually sketchy territory. So just just bring yeah. it up with her, but I think I think you're good. I think you are potentially feeling more anxious about this than than you should. But I'm just worried that he's gonna like project his feelings onto his wife. Like I'm not feeling okay with it, therefore you must not be feeling okay with it. Which like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it puts the position, the, puts the wife in the position where she needs to prove to the husband that she's jealous or something, yeah. or like that she. Or to be like, yeah, I don't give a shit. And what, does that make the man insecure then? Yeah, it's putting a lot on her that really is his kind of responsibility, whether he feels shit or not. Yeah, and also, like, I love the whole, like, oh, she was definitely by by herself at home, you know? Was she? Maybe she was having a wank. <laughs> maybe she was loving a night off yeah, for maybe, me. Yeah, exactly. Maybe she just liked to have some time off. Like Maybe she yeah, was absolutely. in a different strip club. She was like, you're yeah, going totally. on, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do so too, and she's actually cool with this, but you just need to fucking talk to her about it. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you can't find these things out. Yeah. Open, honest communication. That's the only, it's the only way to do this. Yeah, that is the only right answer. So there you go. And also, like, what about, like, thinking about maybe scenarios in the future? Maybe you go together, you know, so it's sort of demystify the whole sure. experience, you know, but you have a very, like, clear budget of, like, $25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because that's and this is something we've we've talked about before on on different levels with uh, with porn and then also um, like online models where it, people are paying money to subscribe while they have a partner and we've talked about like oh is there a line somewhere in there that is cheating or not or what's uncomfortable and I, I think a lot of that is because our society is kind of laid out in this way where there are plenty of rules for you if you're a married person and that's like very set in stone but then there's like you're not equipped to deal with like other sexual feelings like it's kind of blanket called wrong and there's there's no and so it's difficult to even talk about something like this you know if you're a straight fucking hetero married person like this um, because it just everything sexual outside of that makes you uncomfortable and it's this big taboo thing and so you can't talk about it which makes it worse because then this dude's just sitting in his anxiety thinking about what his wife's going to think about this as opposed to like sitting down and being like hey th- this is a thing in our society you know strippers are, th- are there doing it like that's th- that's their job like that's th- that's not a bad thing in any sense but it's the way that it's put in this like taboo box and you're not allowed to you know talk about it without being weird i feel like just shuts down a lot of communication and makes people repress like a lot of fucking emotions which i feel like clearly this guy is showing so that's that's kind of frustrating well yeah there shouldn't be one society 
instructed line on these things. It's completely negotiate negotiable every single time with every single partnership, whatever. Like also like open relationships, polyamorous relationships. Being like, yeah, there's no there's no one way of doing a relationship that is like, oh, here we found the line. This is the line. This is what cheating is. What cheating is depends on every single possibility that you've come up with with your partner at that time. Well, yeah, but the thing is that the society line is like, if I see anyone naked that is not my one significant other, then like that's it, right? Which is in real sad life, and though, wrong, or, like or also like on videos and stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, everyone watches porn. Yeah, that's the thing. Is porn really considered cheating by anyone nowadays? I don't know. I certainly hope not. We've, yeah. we've, we've, we've seen some questions, but, but exactly. And the, and the deal is, the way this guy is phrasing his question, like how would you feel if you were me? How, you, how would you feel? Like I feel like a lot of people compare where they're at to societal norms instead of just, you know, your actual relationship and the shit that actually matters and counts. So, but yeah. Reddit is not Reddit is not necessarily like the society either. You know what I mean? Sure. Because like no, the know. idea of a marriage of a Christian marriage is a very very different uh, sort of it's a it's a very different communal invention that has a very different history from Reddit. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, more just the concept of of comparing to some sort of norm versus uh, versus your actual immediate situation. But that seems to be the consensus here. Just talk to your damn partner about this. And you're uncomfortable with something like this. Actually bring it up and talk about it. Don't hide the money. Don't sit there keeping this to yourself. Because that's going to cause problems. Not the fact that you might And don't spent... project on her what you're feeling. Yeah. Bingo. Bingo. Right on. Good times. It's... Yeah. What do you say what? Uh, we hit this next one, buddy? All right. I'm prepared. I have finished my uh, my little cup of breakfast wine here, and I'm in a I'm in a real good state for reading. I'm I'm leveled up. <laughs> I have powered fucking up to read. So get ready. It's going to be beautiful. Potential so states she twenty one f is interested in me twenty m, but over text it's the opposite. Okay, during our dates we talk nonstop. We have long intellectual conversations and literally lose track of time. Both of our eyes never seem to lose contact with one another. She's confessed that she does like me, and I have told her the same. Whenever I compliment her, she smiles and blushes to where it's utterly adorable. The thing is, whenever we text, her way of communicating is almost completely dry. It's the same conversation every day, and she never seems to initiate a conversation after I try to initiate one with her. I do try to hang out with her more often in person, but she seems to always be busy with work and hanging out with her friends. Whenever I compliment her over text, when she sends me pictures of her, she always replies saying, in quotes, no, or also in quotes, no, laughing emoji, and very, very few thank yous. I don't expect her to reply in a thankful way at all. It's just that she never seems to accept a compliment. Do I compliment her less often? I try to express how pretty she is and assure her she is, she is even when she doubts it. I'm going crazy because of her communication through texting. Do I text her less often or do I try to put more effort into it? If it matters, I haven't dated anyone since high school, which was about four years ago. So this would be my second potential significant other. My way of communicating with a woman could be the cause. 
TLDR, potential SO states she is interested in me and we can't stop talking to each other in person. But over the phone, she texts me almost, she dry texts me almost every day, going crazy over it. And that was posted by Blind. Agony Ants, you want to you take this one first? Go on, Rowan. Well, no, you go. No, 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 you seem to already have, like, shown emotion. This is my video. Uh, I, I, no, I have no words. Okay, I no, all right, I'll go yeah. uh, So, um, I think that there are plenty of people that don't necessarily enjoy communicating over text, and uh, that is absolutely fine, and if that, and I don't, thing that should be you know you should be freaking out over this another thing that's kind of helped me a little bit with that is voice messages so instead of sending texts uh yeah voice messaging so it was something that you know you can just sort of feel each other way way more so try and perhaps introduce that into the relationship instead of this in terms of like their own insecurities and being like no or no like i totally relate to that i also can't take a compliment and um yeah i don't know it does seem like you do just want to be like kind of thanked for your uh for your effort here but um, if that's not the way that they want to, you know, that's, it seems like it's early days for you guys. And really, it will establish some, um, it will take time for them to really believe you. Perhaps they had some sort of trauma in the past where they were like really abused by their SO, you know, or to the point, you know, and they really don't trust the, that they do have anything to offer or are beautiful and that sort of stuff. So I don't know, it just seems like you're kind of, pan- and it's kind of depressing that like, you're 20, uh, or 21, sorry, a 20, and you're already panicking over something so, what I think is quite insignificant to the point where you're going on Reddit over this. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Which, is not to just, which is not to judge that people are asking these sort of questions. That's great. But this is like, this is so, like, nothing. God, you may have, like, an actual relationship problem. No, but, some or maybe you have a really good relationship and you're overthinking it because, like, she sends you pictures of her. Like, yeah. that's quite a lot like you're getting these pictures and like yeah and she's like maybe just being bashful or like that's a way of flirting you know like to be like no shucks oh you know whatever like i think it's a like i don't really relate because some people are like dyslexic as well like they can't necessarily type or write and perhaps that's her insecurity or something like that just also like i don't know just holding a phone on you all at all times and like having to message it's just annoying yeah. especially if she's like working all the time you're, like exactly. you're just wanting all this attention over text and it's just like okay, yeah your dates off. are going fine you have really good time if she wants to see you again that's the answer not ha- whether like how she responds to your text and don't ever expect a fucking thank you seriously dude right see that's the note i wanted to hit because i'm just i'm imagining her day right so she wakes up probably to a text from this guy like hey beautiful good morning <laughs> And she goes, hey, how's it going? And then goes about her day. And if a little while, you know, and she's so she's trying to she's trying to live her fucking life. And this dude's just like coming at her with these compliments all the time. And it seems like maybe he's he's pushing the text convo too much because, you know, she can't even necessarily get all the time away from friends and work that he wants yeah, her to get really boring she seems to, like, busy constantly be like how is it going how is it going fine yeah. you fine you you know what just meet up and chat about it it's much more interesting yeah i i, I feel that and uh particularly because also just people are different with the way that like they value texting some people this is like an essential part of the relationship or just relationships and friends in general like they're comfortable with that method of communication and they do that a lot but also like some people are just not. And the fact that your communication relationship is good outside of these, these texts might point to the fact that that's just not her thing. 
and and that's fine. Like I, I think we get this from uh, questions from younger folks a lot, where they are like trying to read into why people's like texts are short, or you know they're not texting as much when you know in the rest of the relationship it's fine. And again, I think sometimes that might, that might just be that you know your partner here is not particularly into texting, and that's cool. Just go for your other methods communication. She's sending you pictures. You know, she's saying she is responding to you. It's like, that's good. You know, I don't think there's really a problem here. I think you're reading into it a little bit. No, but I sort of relate, for instance, when I moved to Britain, like, what, 11 years ago. It was a big, form, like, kind of cultural shock for me, uh, how people here, you know, really, really shorten their words or, you know, even their smiley faces can be just like a closed bracket, well, like, closed bracket or stuff like that. And, you know, I would just send in, like, pretty much, I know, like, paragraphs that would just be one long text whereas here people send like line by line so line enter line enter and i thought that was a rejection i really did i was like shit you know they so don't care they just send like line enter line enter whereas i just like write this whole like you know line breaks and write this whole little small essay and i was just i i thought that i was you know being rejected so i completely understand where these neurosis come from just one little uh perhaps uh, advice would be what if you just like you know set up like time in the day we just go like okay this is my daily reminder that you're fucking beautiful and like maybe there are different you know the different uh texts every day about what is beautiful about her and it can be like different things but you know you do it once a day and it doesn't and it can be even on the set time so you don't have to feel like you're always investing and not getting anything back yeah, I mean, I will say that my text patterns vary depending on how secure I feel in that relationship. And I text dramatically more in relationships where I don't feel secure. Like, for example, with my girlfriend last summer, we were long distance and I was texting her constantly and expecting texts back from her constantly because I was constantly like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Is it, are you having more fun than me? Who are you with? Blah, blah, blah. And it was not good. Mm. Whereas with my current partner now and also my previous relationship, which was very good, we barely text. Like, maybe like, hey, how are you doing if you hadn't spoken for the day? But then even that, it's not... It's not like, yeah, so for me, it's also dependent on that. And he sounds like he's just not feeling secure, despite the signals that he's getting that are actually good. Like, he's getting the selfies. He's having the great dates. Like, I think it's kind of in his head and what he expects from, like, a text relationship, maybe based on his prior experience or maybe what he's based from social media or what his friends are doing. Whereas, yeah, like, for me, I can easily go, like, 12 hours without texting my boyfriend because I know I'm going to see him and it's much more fun for me to tell my stories in person. Yeah. I think that makes sense, especially with him saying he hasn't dated uh, in a few years. So yeah, I can see yeah. that you're coming into this new relationship. You like this person a lot, and if something's different, you're like, "Oh my god, something must be wrong." And you know, hence the hence the anxiety here in, in posting the question on Reddit. So yeah, yeah I think I, th I think you just kind of let this go because I I would even sometimes say like, "Hey, have a conversation with her about it." But again, I think people can can I don't know. I had this when I was in a long distance distance relationship attempting to text or to talk to each other about like texting patterns a lot of times just comes down to my partner being like oh you know i'm just not particularly into texting but then i'm like oh okay but then a day or two later you're like wait it's, it's as if you like forgot that conversation because yeah. this is you know if texting is your primary mode for a bit here to talk to each other even if you have an explanation and it drops off or changes it's all it's all the sudden freak out freak out time if you are somebody who has less, you know, dating and relationship experience or somebody who has anxiety in general. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling that too with this guy. But it's kind of depressing, you know, like that, like with today's, our relationship with technology is such that, you know, we, we have such unlimited access to other people that, you know, if there is any sort of 
like I guess decrease in that that people are panicking straight away that's like yeah that's really depressing yeah, you know we didn't have that before um you know even I know 20 years ago and I don't know people seem to have been in like long-term like happy relationships and now it's just like we have created new modes of anxiety for us yeah. and it's just yeah it's a bit it's a bit sad actually it's immediacy it's this whole um this instantaneous nature of of everything that we that we live in you know like uh uh ooh i want food i will now take action to have someone bring food to my house but then if that takes more than 10 minutes you're like what the fuck so like when you text somebody that you really care about you're like you want that immediate dopamine hit back of like i'm thinking about you i'm thinking about you too uh and you want it to but- be as expressive and as and as deep as you felt it but sometimes it doesn't come That's off like the that thing like she is texting him back he's just not happy with the way she's texting him back and it's just like yeah she's not even not showing interest it's just yeah it's it's totally in his head in my opinion like just ask to meet up with her more yeah just just different text communication styles although i will say hey maybe back in like 1800 uh there was a a couple dating across the atlantic from uh i don't know (laughs) new york to to london or something and, uh, you know, one of the partners sends this big old, like, written letter comparing them to, like, a ray of sunshine and their beauty. And it takes weeks to get there. And he gets a letter back from his partner on the other side of the ocean that just says, no. And then she's drawn out a crying emoji <laughs> face. I don't know. Maybe is this this could be more of a timeless problem than we realize. I'll have to delve into the history books and see if we can uh, find anything. Oh, that's funny. But imagine how many letters used to also get lost, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, she's ghosting me. She's ghosting me. No, I just drowned. <laughs> I, I was thinking about that recently. I, I think I saw something on Reddit of like an old love letter. And I was like, I wonder how many relationships were like fucked up because like the postal service fell through or, or like the letter got lost. You know what I mean? There has to have been in the past at least like one relationship fight where they were like, I corresponded with you and you didn't correspond in return. And they're like, Oh, no, it was the post service. And he's like, oh, yeah, of course, blaming the post service. I don't know how good of a bit this is, but I, I just thought about that. It kind of cracked me up. You took a swing, and that's what counts. That is. Okay, get away from my uh, get away from my sense of humor, Arthur, and give us this next question. Okay. Landlords, 27M, girlfriend, 24F, walked into my room, 24M, and was ready to sleep in my bed. So this just happened, and I'm not sure how to react. Around 3.30 a.m., I woke up to find someone crawling into my bed. Just typing this gives me chills. Naturally, I woke up screaming because I got really scared. Turns out it's my landlord's girlfriend ready to lie alongside me. After I collected myself, I asked her if she was all right and she was getting out of my room. Uh, Her reply was, sorry, I got fucked up. How the heck do I handle this moving forward, or am I overthinking this? I can't fall back asleep for the life of me. And that was posted by Fotu Degu. Get a lock. Yeah, oh, lock your wow. fucking door. <laughs> yeah. It sounds funny, but it's actually, this is, well, yeah, assault has trauma. happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, literal assault just happened. And it doesn't matter, like, landlords or girlfriend, though, yeah, I mean, the fact that is a whole other conversation. Yeah. But yeah, no, someone literally just fucking assaulted you. And like, that's really not. And the power relationship here is such mm-hmm. that you can't even complain because if you will, like you're out of your house. No, this is like really dark. Yeah. Yeah. 
because you can't. He's a twenty-seven-year-old landlord. Damn. Twenty-seven-year-old yeah. landlord. Uh, Fuck me. Yeah. yeah, he probably uh. got a small loan of a million dollars from his dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is that is a cursed individual. Yeah, because like, take this scenario out. Uh, to where you actually you go to the landlord and say like, "Hey, uh, your girlfriend got fucked up and climbed into bed with me. Uh, can you like, what are we gonna do about that? Like, he's gonna give you some real flip kind of answer, like he's gonna make it your problem. Uh, when well, this was right. this was bad actions on the part of of his so, which nece- which he doesn't necessarily have control over, but it's kind of like, yeah, like I totally get that power imbalance that you're talking about." And also there's the issue that, like, you know, because it's a dude and she's a girl, it might be taken less seriously. Like, sure. oh, what, you got a girl crawling in your bed? What are you complaining about? Oh, high five, bro. Like, no, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, lucky you. Yeah, it's super dark. And, like, also there's the risk that, like, the landlord might think that he was hitting on the girlfriend. And, like, actually, it's just, yeah, it's a really screwed up situation for the poster. Like, they feel, like, traumatized and they can't go to sleep, but they can't really talk to the landlord because it can be read in two pretty shitty ways. Like, pfft. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if this person, you know, has some sort of like housing charity in their area where they can have a chat about this. Because I don't know again what this, what what is the law in the particular place where this person's story has happened. But um, there are some rules and contracts about you know yeah. how much can a landlord like how much um, notice will a landlord does a landlord have to give before they visit you let alone some other random people that are not even landlords so there are like separate rules for like landlords and contractors right like partners Mm. of landlords are should not even be in this i'm wondering if they're sharing the house with their landlord though they're like living with their landlord because otherwise what she like walked there drunk opened the door drunk colluded his bed drunk that's like a lot of effort yeah. yeah. Uh, question. Uh, somebody asked a question in the comments here. Can you explain more about your living situation? Are you renting a room in their house? Can you get a lock on your right. door? Uh, he says, I am. It's kind of an old house, so the door can't be locked unless I installed a brand new lock system. Landlord would need to approve. Landlord should be fucking doing that. That's their yeah. goddamn yeah. job, if you yeah. can call it that. The fucking mid just put a lock on. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. This would this would fuck me up too. Like I'm a horrible sleeper. I get like night terrors and a lot of anxiety, falling asleep a lot, and this would fuck your entire day up. Like you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna sleep if I'm trying to go to bed, and all of a sudden some fucking strangers climbing into my bed. I'd be yeah, freaked the like fuck some, out. Like, shit. It is. Oh, they're just like crawling, <laughs> drunkenly crawling across the floor towards you. This landlord's girlfriend has like the hair in front of her face. She just makes like some drunken sound. All jokes aside, that would be that'd be fucking shitty, and that would fuck yeah. up my day. And maybe you're late to work or something, and it and it, and it fucks things up. So I, on the one hand, like where if this was a friend or something I was living with, and they did that, that's one thing. You know who that is. But again, the combination of this is a stranger and this power dynamic here, you might not even have recourse on this because they they're not obligated to take you seriously. They own the building, and, and they have so much leeway to be fucking assholes about it. But that that that's that's an, that's a thing. Like this is if you missed work or something the next day, like they fucking did that. That's on them. And so I would say it, it, it depends how you know how strongly you feel about this. Because the the unfortunate reality is to get some sort of recompense for, uh, compensation for this yeah. is going to be a struggle because of that that power dynamic. But fucking a, you know, if this if you got late to work, if this fucked your life up in some way, then I think you should pressure them on that at the very least 
and uh, see if you can get made whole in, in some sense at least. Because yeah, that's I don't know. I I, I could just imagine this shit. Fucking yeah, I wonder if there are some savvy ways, you know, for instance, you you t you ask for a one-on-one -on -one meeting with a landlord and you explain the situation very calmly. Maybe you read it out, even out of a letter, but you're then recording the whole conversation perhaps and see how the landlord uh, responds. And then, you know, I don't know if it really goes badly. Like, I mean, obviously you don't want to dwell on it, but naming and shaming is also a thing. Mm. Uh, obviously, you might worry that you're on blacklists and stuff like that. So that's why it's really, I wonder, you know, if this is like a... A fairly rural space or 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 you know if it's a big city and no one would necessarily then care that much no but it like the there's been a really serious violation of someone's privacy here and i think that should definitely be brought up and um yeah that or like other tenant tenants of the landlord could also be contacted so there are ways i don't know at least here in the uk you can actually find out sometimes the lists of one landlord's all of their tenants and so then you can unionize as well and like be sure be like, you know, all of us are not going to be paying rent until you sort this and this and this out. Um, so people are actually doing this. Uh, obviously, that's a lot sometimes easier if it's just like one tenement and you have one landlord. Uh, but yeah, there are definitely, part I would really definitely Google some sort of like housing struggles or organizations around in your area to see I who mean, you can talk to. I guess the worry is like, I mean, yeah, is the end point no matter whether it's through like empowerment or through not like that you'll have to leave the house because i'm wondering like there is definitely it is illegal for a landlord to enter your room without notice yeah. fact a landlord's partner also fact with this essentially a stranger like he has to give you a lock bare fucking minimum and he has to pay for it and that is like a non-negotiable request i would also ask for the rent off of the like month in which this wasn't happening but like essentially it's up to you like if you feel like you're not going to be able to sleep there again it sounds like for better or for worse you are gonna have to leave here and but I would also, you know, just to, again, from a more cynical point of view or something, I would uh, perhaps um, get, well, obviously, if you also need it, get in touch with a mental health specialist mm -hmm. so that this gets logged, you know, so that you do actually, maybe you are then seeing someone about your sleep paralysis or like your anxieties over this happening again. And then if it does go to like higher institutions or whatnot, you can literally be like, hey, straight away after this happens to me, I contacted, you know, a psychologist or whatnot for me uh, because this, this has really traumatized me in such a serious way. What if this person has some sort of past experiences where this sort of stuff happens, you know? So in case of any potential, com uh, you know, yeah, compensation backlash. down or, or backlash down the line, you know, then you have this file of everything, uh, of all the efforts you have made, possibly this Reddit thread being one of them. Well, hell yeah. That's that's yeah, this, that's way more hardcore than I was going to go like, yeah, get him and get you a lock. Like, I think it's super cool that because um, I feel like we don't have that kind of institutional recourse over here. Uh, like, it's just like it, that seems really wild to me. Uh, the, the lengths that you could that are available uh, to you in the UK. Well, I mean, they're, it's they're, hard work, I mean, and that's is. like a very optimistic scenario. Like most people get fucked over by their landlords continually in the UK. I'm not. We're not painting it as some like shiny story. It's a terrible situation, particularly in London. Yeah, but rent strikes are. They do yeah. have historical, you know, significance, and in different parts of of Europe, I want, I'm thinking like Spain, you know, and Netherlands specifically. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, rent strikes, especially on mass. There's a lot been... of new renters and tenants unions cropping up in the yeah. UK now. Um, like that 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 definitely and again you know the power is in the mass movements right so uh the, the more people do it the more it's mm -hmm. the more the, the, yeah the more utility that has as any sort of trade union so yeah i think tenants unions is, is yeah. something to be pushed forward uh, 
and uh, I don't think it's stuff like this. Well, like, I mean, yeah. in our ideal society, obviously, we wouldn't have landlords anyways. Mm-hmm. But you know, we need to be logging these sort of instances as uh, as as demands. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. And part of that, too, is just making people aware that that's an option, because I feel like your average person off the street, like what you guys had suggested, I don't know if most people would even think about that, even though that is totally something you can do. And with enough people being aware of that and willing to act, and that is, you know, a key part, um, you know, I don't know, you're you're living in a shitty apartment or something, you're having to work two fucking crappy jobs, and it's it's difficult to even be aware of these things, more or less act on them. But I, you just say what I'm saying. I think with more of a unionized infrastructure for those things in place and making it easier for folks to do this and the knowledge of even being able to do this spreading, that is something that that's powerful. I know that's something that would be powerful here too. And uh, yeah, get, get people doing that. You might, uh, landlords have a little bit of fear in fucking with tenants like this and that's and that's what you need. Yeah, absolutely. Because right now, you know, they are reigning over us completely. There are no points of accountability a lot of the time. But, you know, all of the freedoms that we enjoy today, you know, whether that's, you know, weekends, pensions, sick pay, uh, holiday pay, these are all, these are never have been given to us. We had to fight for them through like mass social movements. And um, so, you know, so so we have to come up with an ambition to, to fight this. Obviously, it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of hard work. But, um, you know, if we don't bounce back, we are just going to all end up living in this like two tier society. Well, that's my hope with with seeing a show like your guys and just bread tube in general and that kind of being a growing thing is that hopefully this like gets back into a broader conversation, especially among young people that like, hey, yeah, this is something that has worked in the past and you can still do this now. It's just that politically and culturally that has been pretty fucking violently suppressed and especially in the states really pushed out of people's consciousness or even make them actively anti-union but again that comes from just propaganda from the fucking wealthy and powerful because they know that that shit works and they don't want you doing that so my hope is you know is is the growth of uh leftist channels in in, in the states i know the dsa is getting bigger and, and just general actual leftism being a growing thing is that stuff like this catches on more and, uh, yeah, punch more landlords in the face as a result. It'd be very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Legally, of course, through legal and collective means, not literally punching them in the face. Of course, we would never, ever, ever advocate for that. Oh, I'm going to say literally. Get <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, I think that that has been our show. I think we're, we've arrived here at the end of episode 69. Nice. Uh, oh, nice. We nice. didn't even make a nice joke no, the whole time. I fucking didn't. forgot it was the sixth. <laughs> you guys, I feel like you guys are being shy in front of us. You should have gone like way dirtier as you usually do. I'll I'll tell you this. Um, so when I was looking for questions, like there were a few that were pretty fucking wild, and I was like, oh, I don't know. And then like as we were sitting here, I was like, nope, nope. I'm going to our sex. I'm gonna find some questions, and we didn't even end up doing the one about why are guys obsessed with my butthole. Like, God I wish damn we, it. I wish that's we what we're that. here for, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just I want to give uh, a big and hearty thank you to Mariam and Rowan for being on the show with us this week. This was fucking excellent, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, thanks. We enjoyed this profusely. Keep keep at it. Keep yeah. keep at what you're doing. You're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, and you know, one day maybe we'll have like this whole like union of us like lefty relationship advice people and you know we can have our own convention and stuff like that 
oh that's cool as fuck that's a future that is the future that leftists want yeah <laughs> yeah because there's doesn't seem to be like a lack of interest you know yeah. the the relationship reddit is exploding and it's huge and it's growing we're getting like stupid amounts of questions you guys i think also definitely need to just keep at it and i know i'd say join twitter because like that's where it's at but that's just that's me. where we got our audience from yeah yeah definitely okay all right that's all good advice it's like again like awesome thank you so much for having yeah. us we have no yeah i guess you maybe have found us uh, from Brettu, and that's just like it just really gives us so much inspiration because yeah, we're just two girls that are just trying to navigate this weird world of like relationships and internets and, and so uh, are you and so are you guys and here we have like found <laughs> each other, which is awesome. Yeah, maybe uh, no, was... through, maybe through our hard work uh, on the leftist relationship internet, we can uh, write that new uh, script of of relationship uh, beginnings and like dating that uh, Contrapoints was talking about. Um, where she, yeah. yeah, where she was talking about how um, incels just don't have like a script that they can follow. Essentially, that like there's that swipe dating doesn't make sense to them, and it's this like weird marketplace of like uh, faces and jawlines and shit, and that some people just don't um, jive with that, and Chads and Stacys, and some people it just doesn't like work out for them. Internet dating, and maybe we can all work together to write that new dating script together. That would be cool. Yeah, Let's yeah, for sure. We're planning to do an incel special at some point as well, where we're going to go to incel Reddit and like answer mm. their questions, which will be quite interesting. Yeah, that's a oh, shit. Seven. Yeah, I will watch the hell out of that. Yeah. I'm interested in how that goes. Well, thank <laughs> you guys again for coming head. on. It's thank it's you. been it's been wonderful having you guys. Uh, I'll tell you what, if you guys want to come back at some point, this wasn't so bad. I'm down to wake up at uh, the crack of nine a.m. on a Sunday again. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot stress my heroism enough that I woke up this early. I'm very impressed with We're myself. We're all very proud of you. And uh, yeah, we, we, we can get to that asshole question in the future. Yeah, <laughs> but also look, like maybe in the year's time, we'll all be like rich and famous from the bread tube, you know, whatnot. And so we can like meet up and do like an IRL. Oh, fuck yeah. That's the, that's the dream. Ideally in a kiddie pool because that, that looked like a fun ass time. <laughs> No, we'll, Arthur, we'll run some rooftop pool. We're going to be so damaged. We'll have, like, cocktails and that. As long as we're all sitting six foot apart. <laughs> Isn't that what bros do in their own pools? This is what I've heard. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh, uh, that's definitely a thing, unfortunately. Well, the pool is too small, so... Exactly. Like. Exactly. <laughs> Sit next to your fucking bro. I'll put my arm around Arthur. Arthur, you can hold my jewel for me. It'll be great. <laughs> I'll just be two-fisted, and I'll have my vape, and I'll be holding your jewel. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking teamwork. All right, before we get out of here, I gotta let everyone know that our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Knower, and that you can find their music at knowermusic.bandcamp.com. And our outro music is the song Stephanie by the Hayfellows, who you can find at instagram.com slash the Hayfellows, or go on Spotify, look them up, it's three words, it's the Hayfellows. Final, final thing, uh, Anarcho Agony Ants on YouTube. Check it out. They're active on BreadTube too. If you're like, hey, this is some interesting type of content I'd be into, you can find more channels on there. I know uh, Rowan and Mariam are active on there. If you'd like to follow them on Twitter, it's at Mariam Did and at Rowan Talks. Check them out. They're cool. Uh, all right, that's all I got. Yep, Marion, Rowan, thanks again uh, so much for being with us. And listeners, thank you for uh, being with us today. And uh, I love you. Thanks, bye. Mwah!